Before we start today's episode, I want to mention our sponsor, Swoosh English, the best way to pass your OET or IELTS exams. For 10% off any course, go to swooshenglish.com forward slash our voices discount or click the link in the episode description. I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices in the NHS, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In this series, we hear personal stories from NHS medical professionals. If you found meaning in these episodes, please share them with a friend so they can enjoy them as well. Let's delve into today's episode. He knew he may never walk again, but we've given him that freedom back. This is Sophie, an occupational therapist from Herefordshire. During the pandemic, Sophie worked in an acute stroke ward, helping patients with cognitive, physical or sensory deficits, overcoming barriers and regaining independence in their lives. One of Sophie's patients left a lasting impression on her. He was 55, newly retired and had just suffered a terrible stroke that left him with severe brain damage. His entire world had been turned on its head. I can't imagine how distressing and isolating it must have been to wake up like this. He had the worst classification of stroke that you can possibly get. He could no longer use one side of his body. His arm, his legs had stopped working. He'd lost awareness. He couldn't perceive that one side of the world. His language had also been affected, both the receptive element and also what he was able to communicate to us. If you can't use your arms, you can't use your legs, your vision's affected, you don't understand half the side of the world and you can't talk to people. You couldn't go to the toilet by yourself, you couldn't get out of bed by yourself. Even eating, not recognising that there was half a plate of food on the one side. And the family can't then come in and see what's happened to this person. A devastating thing for everybody involved. Due to his limited speech, Sophie and her colleagues were unsure as to how much he could understand. Eventually... There was a breakthrough. We talked to him about home, pictures of home, and then his partner FaceTimed and he just burst into tears. So he knew full well what we were all saying, but he wasn't able to that point to actually show us that he was understanding. He hugged us, the best hug I've ever had in my life, but just the appreciation that he was able to see somebody and recognise it. He got to a point that he was understanding that we were trying to get him back to that lady. Through the wonders of modern technology, he was able to see his family again, including his children. But communication just wasn't the same. They couldn't talk to him, even though they might be able to see him, they couldn't converse with him. He would nod and follow intonation and gestures and facial cues and things, but he wasn't their father in the same way as how he would have talked to them before. Part of Sophie's job as an occupational therapist is supporting her patients every step of the way to achieve seemingly small but extremely significant daily practices to help them on the way to being self-sufficient. At that point in time, he couldn't walk, he couldn't stand unsupervised. So what we did was we spent weeks, really, getting him to a place where he was more aware of his environment, had more insight into risk to prevent falls, to prevent further injury, so that he was then able to independently get himself off a bed, onto a wheelchair and wheel around. And again, when we did that, he just cried. 
the team had got that man from being bed-bound to being independent again. It's incredible that with enough practice, belief and support around him, he found the strength to complete a task that would make him feel like himself again. There was a level access shower and we gave him a shower stall to sit on. So with a bar screwed onto the wall, he could transfer from, get from bed into his wheelchair, get to a bathroom, get into the shower, stand up, sit on a stool with supervision and somebody else just to help set up the environment. But that was him regaining a level of independence. I think it's fair to say that we all take things for granted sometimes. So I was taking him down to an assessment kitchen where he was then working on his balance, on his standing. If you were to go home today or go to your kitchen now and make a drink, think about all the processes that you actually need to do when you're standing, reaching up to a cupboard, bending down, reaching a cup of milk, understanding all the different steps that you're doing and all those things, even like pulling up a tab for a milk or opening a jar. Have a look at how much you're using your balance and both arms, both legs, your stability, all of that had been taken from him. The time finally came for Sophie's patient to move home to be with his family. The occupational therapist came to look around to advise on accessibility for his wheelchair. He whizzed them round the bungalow, gave them the grand tour and then made them a cup of tea. Although happy to see him reunite with his family, Sophie was apprehensive. We were worried about his awareness of risk falling because he couldn't see the one side of the world and would try and get himself into a chair. And we're thinking, oh my God, he's going to fall, he's going to break his hip. Oh gosh, oh gosh. Um, whereas once he was in his own environment, he knew it. He was up and out of bed before the wife got up. You know, they were even able, like with our planning of space, they were even able to sleep in the same bedroom again. That was something that at the beginning of, on his hospital admission, that they thought would never have happened. His wife was over the moon to have her husband back, but one thought plagued her mind. This could happen again. He could have another stroke. It could kill him. He might not be able to come home to her when all she wants to do is love him and look after him and would do what was ever within her power. I think that was the overarching fear. At home, he continues his rehab journey with neuroplasticity that he can continue to make change. One of his key things was being able to get in and out of a car. You know, he can now do. He was able to get in and out of a car, to and from the pub, have a drink in a beer garden. Something we have all come to appreciate post-lockdown. I asked Sophie why this man stood out to her. She tells me it was his determination. If we weren't giving him a therapy session, which we, he would still have multiple times a day, he was doing his own therapy, really trying to get what he could done. And he just kept striving to achieve more and get stronger to improve his independence. Definitely could see there's a lot of strong male figures in my life that are a similar age to that gentleman, similar life experiences, similar hobbies, similar situation. It could easily be any one of those men. It's clear that Sophie was incredibly fond of her patient. She was also extremely proud of all the strides he had made since being admitted into hospital on day one. I was a, approached the one side of him. He, I was talking to him. He had no idea that I was there just because of the nature of his, his stroke. Eight weeks down the line, he's home. He's independently transferring. He's making up a tea. He'd asked a colleague in his own way to take a picture of him 
to send me through our work emails because he was home and he had a cup of tea in his hand and that's what he was gesturing to her he wanted to do because that was a key thing that I'd worked on with him. So all of that time and all of that effort, not true, just me, but his appreciation, even with all that, the, the language barriers, he was able to communicate a thank you. You got me home and I made myself a cup of tea. Sophie's patient is just one example of many others out there that have had everything and then suddenly have had it taken away from them. What a shock to the system that must be, especially in such devastating fashion as this. To have the level of support that this patient had is truly incredible, from the hospital time to the support given by Sophie and her colleagues in his home. Not only can we take our physical and mental health for granted sometimes, but we can also take the NHS for granted too. But they were there to support this patient when he really needed them most. Sophie not only helped him a great deal, but she learned a lot about herself too. Maybe the next time we make a cup of tea, we can appreciate everything that we have that enables us to perform what we consider to be a basic daily task. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week. I want to acknowledge our sponsor, Swoosh English, for making these podcasts possible. It's the best place to get training and support to pass your OET, IELTS, and PT exams. If you want to hear from doctors or nurses, who've passed their exam with the help of Swoosh English, go and listen to episodes from Rima, Midun, Cynthia, Tara, and Hussein. For 10% off any course, visit swooshenglish.com forward slash Our Voices discount.